0: Welcome to a very special episode of the Grizz Den Pod. It's been it's been a minute. Um, Grizzlies were eliminated a couple of weeks ago from the playoffs uh, by the Utah Jazz, and we had been doing really quick hits after each playoff game. And after that last one, you know, it kind of, I think the game kind of sp- spoke for itself. And so we we are bringing you though the second annual Denny's. The Dennys somehow that name stuck. Grizz
1: Dennys. <laughs> I think that's my my the best attribute of the podcast I've
2: ever done. You, the people have spoken. They did the love Denny's. the name.
0: They did and so we decided to keep sets. it and so I think that's
2: my uh we're here for the people. I
1: think that's my legacy.
0: Speaking of, hey What's Ty. What's your legacy? The Dennys. Dennys. Hey Ty, welcome to the podcast. Hey. Hey Thanks. Brantley. Veggie Straw Brantley.
2: Let's go. Yeah, sorry.
0: We uh we are watching Milwaukee and Brooklyn's middle of the third quarter. Um,
1: just really trying to figure out like how we're going to use Middleton next year, right? As a second creator, <laughs> you know, just really trying to scout because that. Because
2: I traded for him on NBA Two K. Hundred percent. I told you. I told you the Grizz were <laughs> lit with Middleton.
0: Today's episode but is going to come
1: coach the hustle. Yeah,
0: yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, today's episode though is brought to you by the Primetime Titans podcast. Uh, they are in our podcast network and they are bringing you the best content on the Tennessee Titans out there. Julio. Julio Jones, as they say, this is, this is, uh, this is a shameless plug for that podcast. Julio was traded to the Titans. I'm sure you heard about it. Uh, they were on it. They had an emergency pod ready to go and they're going to be breaking down a bunch of stuff in the offseason to get you ready for that season so uh go listen over there um great I'm totally guys gonna
2: get a china nfl jersey like powder blue aj brown swag wearing it constantly maybe we, we'll have like some like grizz titan crossover like parties
0: definitely we're gonna do uh, a we're gonna do a, a crossover pod at some point um should, to what, celebrate tennessee the, sports
2: the
1: Tizzlies? <laughs> what the tizzlies.
0: Yeah, Titan that's better Grizzlies? than the Guyton's. That's
1: what I was thinking. Like guidance sounds a little strange.
0: Uh, but we're we're an AJ Brown podcast officially. Um, all right. Sorry, Ty. Let's this get into team. Let's get into the Denny Awards. Actually, the, you know what? Before we do that, let me let me tee up what you can expect from the Grizzden Pod the rest of the summer. So, a lot of off season decisions to make for the Grizzlies, and I'm going to go through the dates by which they are going to have to make these decisions. So uh the most intriguing one or there's two very intriguing uh decisions that they're gonna have to make. The first one is the winslow team option. Justice Winslow has a uh a cap hold right now, and he basically the team has the option to either pick up that thirteen million dollar uh hold for next season or they can basically not exercise it and then he would be an unrestricted free agent and so the The date in which they have to, to decide on that is is August 1st. And so we will be breaking down what we would do if we were in their, their shoes. It's going to be interesting to see. And then mid-August, they are going to have to figure out whether they want to uh, partially guarantee Jonte Porter's deal. The last day before the start of the regular, regular season is when they have to decide on the Jaron Jackson Jr., and Grayson Allen extensions, if they decide to extend those two players, we expect a Jaron extension for sure. It's just a matter of how much. And then finally, they have actually throughout the season until the start of the 2022 cap year to extend the likes of Tyus Jones, Kyle Anderson, Jonas Valanciunas, and if they exercise the team option on Justice Winslow, they'll have that option as well to extend him. Basically, all that to say, we have a little bit of time until the Grizzlies have to make these decisions, and so our next episodes are going to be dedicated to breaking all that down, as well as uh, looking at different trade targets, uh, free agent signings, things like that. Uh, The Grizzlies are in a very interesting position because they have pretty much all their guys signed for next year, um, except for those few that we mentioned earlier. So, um, yeah, that's what we're working with, and we're very excited to give you our thoughts thoughts on that coming up so let's get into the denny awards we want to celebrate this past season a season of exceeded expectations and um, let's let's get into it guys um I'll start and give the first category we'll discuss it and then we'll go around the circle and introduce the other categories the first category of the 2021 denny awards oh man I got goosebumps is the best deal slash pick of the season best deal slash pick we have three nominees the first nominee is Desmond Bain who was picked at number 30 last pick of the first round in last year's draft we all know and love Desmond Bain Xavier Tillman is the other nominee he was picked just a couple picks after that right 32 or was it a different pick I can't uh, I remember. It was like thirty five. It was in maybe. the early second round. Xavier Tillman was picked, and he has obviously panned out as well. And then finally, we signed De'Anthony Melton to a contract last off season, and it was he's making about ten million a year for a few years. Um, all right, let's talk about him. What, in your minds, was the best deal slash pick of the twenty 2020, twenty 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 one
2: season? Ty's making eyes at me so he can go first.
1: Bain, 100%. No question. We got a guy. A, we got it with trading a pick with Boston, which is just like icing on the cake, right? They picked two guys ahead of him. Both turned out to be worse than him, first of all. Um, He immediately played a huge role. I believe he shot like 60% from three in his first playoffs ever which is nuts, was playing critical moments for a good team as a rookie. And he's our starting two guard of the future, as in future, as in next like next year and the year after that until we get like a stud. Oh, I boys. think it's Bain. I think to find value in the 30th pick in the mock drafts, he was pretty much top 20 by everyone that made a, a mock draft. Um, the fact that we traded up for a second round pick, we gave up hardly nothing for him. He immediately filled a role that we've desperately needed for years. If you tell me that like, how much would y'all pay to get like a Bane type player back in the, the grit and grind era? Like just all the money in the world. It's just a guy we've never had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a guy we've never had. And we just plucked him just out of thin air. And he immediately was exactly who we thought he would be right out of the gate. And that's crazy impressive.
2: Tillman is a great option. I'm not going to try to argue for him. I think if I were going to add in another choice for us, which this is not part of the pod, but I'm just going to do it for fun because why not? It would be the contractor pick we did not make, meaning like the decisions that we held off of maybe patiently, I think, which sets us up to do good things moving forward. I'm sort of, you know, I – Now knowing what I know, that we made the playoffs and we competed and we got some good experience for our young guys, I think that's like what we would have hoped the ceiling for this season would have been, and we accomplished it, and we didn't do anything stupid that we can tell. On top of that, to Ty's point, we got Bain, and he's awesome.
0: Yeah, to your point, um, there were a lot of critics last year basically saying the Grizzlies punted on their 2021 offseason, and now we can look back and, and, you know – Really say maybe besides the Winslow trade, uh, it at the end of the day, what was the opportunity cost? I think it was pretty low, and so I agree with the Desmond pick. It, it was also, um, I think uh, a factor of his age, and yet, um, how shooting is the coveted uh skill in the NBA right now, and we got a guy who is going to be able to play. For a lot longer than somebody who relies on, let's say, like athleticism as their primary skill. So age is not a factor as much in him as other players.
1: And he's, he's only 22, right? He's yes. not like 25. You know? John, Jaron
0: like... are 22, and we're, we consider them pretty young. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's just, if, if Bain never improves, he's still a quality NBA player for a decade. Right. And I think he will improve. So the first
0: Denny Award... Of 2021 goes to Desmond Bain. Congratulations, Desi. Desmond. We know you're listening. Second team, all-rookie team, Desmond Bain. Shout out. Heck yeah. Came out today. We um, love
2: all-rookie team players here at the Memphis Grizzlies. We That's what we do. have here. a good track record. We do. I will say
1: that. Three in two years?
2: Yeah. Four of the last Four. 30.
1: Ooh.
0: Uh, per Anthony Prez, Uh BC, too, was in there. Josh Aaron BC.
1: Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I was, I was and, thinking uh, the last
0: two years. And Desi. Love that. All right. Next award, Brantley. You want this one? This is a an electric
2: category. Um, this will be
1: Thirty seconds.
2: Worst deal slash pick. There weren't a ton of them to choose from. Which is a good, which thing. is a great yeah. great, yeah thing. So again, continues to be a great thing. Um, if we had lost to San Antonio in the playing game, Gorgie was one of the options that could have certainly (laughs) been (laughs) because we bought out Gorgie. We bought out Gorgie and he was signed by San Antonio. You know, he's a friend of the podcast. We did ride an elevator one time with him. Um, we were giving away joggles, t-shirts. Sweet guy. The Melton contract is our other option. We do not have a C. So this is just a A and B choice. Uh, here, uh the grizzden pod and those loyal listeners are not going to be surprised i'm going to mention melton just due to his lackluster performance in um step up type scenarios you know you're sort of picking uh an option out of no options neither of these are really like bad decisions i don't i melton is certainly a tradable contract if we need to get off of it definitely i think some other people would take him as like a ninth to tenth man type rotation person versus a sixth or seventh, which is what we were trying to use him as potentially in certain scenarios. I'm not going to belabor the point, other than I just don't think he will get past his dare that headlight type facial expressions in big playoff type scenarios. So, which means he's going to be limited in the playoffs. He so that is the argument is that at the end of the day, you know, we're
0: we're building a roster to win a championship and you hate to see guys that you've committed long-term money to come up short in the playoffs. However, if you listen to all of our episodes during the season, I think the overture was that we were not playing Melton enough and that speaks to his effectiveness in the regular season which still matters to a certain extent because I think a team like the Grizzlies would benefit from a situation like the Jazz are in right now, besides obviously their injuries. uh, But the higher the seed, the better for the Grizzlies we saw. uh, I think that's, that's true. And so if, if there's a regular season guy that can help you in at the end of the day, it's not like we had a Chandler Parsons situation with Melton's contract. It was literally about 9 million on average a year. So um, the Denny award, I would say for this is probably the, the Gorgie Jang award. just an uninspiring Denny, but Gorgie, we love you. Uh, I think we probably could have used you a little bit uh, in, in some series. Because Ty, who'd you vote for, Melton
2: or, or Gorgie in this scenario?
1: I mean, I'm kind of like to your point how you let off, like neither – like yeah. neither one of They're them are bad. We were Option reaching. C. We yeah, were reaching just, for yeah. this category. We didn't really have a bad deal. If you really want to talk about a bad deal, you could definitely argue the Justice deal, but that wasn't this past year. That right. was last year. Technicalities. Everyone's talked enough about that as will talked about You're probably right though.
2: Them. We probably could have used Gorgie in some spot-up minutes uh, in I the playoffs. We he, totally could. He could could've. shoot 3. I mean, yeah. he could have just replaced Davi
1: a backup with size to throw at favors or Gobert, like Tillman. He probably
2: would have posterized Gobert at least once.
1: Either that or, like, stretch him out, right? Like, make Gobert play the perimeter. I don't know. But, yeah, like, Melton, also, he's only 22, right? Still a really young dude. Um, maybe he'll learn from this off, this uh, postseason, too. This is his first run at the playoffs. Um, his first run at significant minutes, to be honest. So, maybe he will grow from this as well. That's my hope. Um, he did have a pretty spectacular fourth quarter in game 4 which was nuts um but yeah i don't I, I think i would just like almost punt the question yeah um but if i had to choose i'd probably say giving up gorgie cuz he might have uh, he probably wouldn't have changed any form of outcome right but he would've been nice to have and he wouldn't have made the spurs game as nerve-wracking
0: and it's not like the guy who we kept on our roster instead did anything at all it's yep. Jonte porter
1: yeah Jonte's yeah he so. he has a p- team option for this summer We'll talk about all that stuff in a later pod, but his cap hold is not yeah, large. Most likely not on our team, right? Maybe so. We'll see.
0: Um, all right, Ty, you want to introduce the next category?
1: Let's do it. Uh, so we've done best deal pick, worst deal pick. So this is most surprising. Um, kind of performance slash player base, just kind of a lot of different things. So number one is Dylan's emergence in the playoffs. That's a really good contender. Uh, Rookie performances and Kyle's shooting, which tailed off towards the end there. But regular season really picked up. I'm going Dylan, but just not even close to me. When the lights were the brightest and he was subbed out of the game in the playoffs, I was like, when can he come back in the game? And I've never felt that in my entire life, rooting for the Grizz. Um, to show some love to the, to the rookie performances were awesome, but honestly, you draft a 22- and 21-year-old rookie to be a decently ready-now type player, right? You expected Bain as a 22-year-old, graduated from TCU, went four years there. You expect him to come in and contribute. Same with Tillman. He was a 21-year-old junior, played a lot of big games at Michigan State. You expected him to come in and contribute to the level that they did. I don't know about Tillman. Um, he kind of surprised me for sure. Kyle's shooting was awesome. Like I said, kind of tailed off towards the end. But to me, it's just Dylan. Just everything he did in the playoffs, to me, was just like above and beyond what I expected from him.
0: This, to me, if I could pick one winner from the entire Denny Awards from this year to give a special Denny 2, it would be this one. Whoa! Because BB. top rope. If you're going, Where's his bobblehead? If you're going by technicality. Come on, Pinnacle. point technicality of the category most surprising this is far and away the most surprising development of this past season and I truly cannot express the shift in in the way that we expected or what we expected from Dylan from the start of the play-in tournament to the end of the playoffs where it was like we were relying on Dylan, to even have a chance to win, which Had we never have could have thought. He, at at points of last season, was actively hurting the Grizzlies' chances of winning. Actively hurting it. And he turned it around entirely to be basically the second most valuable player on our team behind John Morant. And that's unbelievable. He has now established himself in the rotation. He's, he's established himself as, I would say, a starter. Like, I don't know. I mean, we were talking about how his ideal role could have could be, like, that sixth man, seventh man off the bench. Like, I don't know now. Like, he's an all-defense type of guy. Like, and he showed it. And, and, yes, he has lots to work on. But his game was tailor-made for the playoffs. We just didn't know it until he got there. And I think that is far and away the most surprising.
2: All right. I'm not of the options – here for the Denny's, I would agree with you. I also think that there's still a chance that the same frustrations still happen with Dylan oh, in the regular definitely, season. Definitely. For sure. And and so um and maybe that's just part of the like package with him that you just accept and you're okay with it. I think what i would love to mend this it, it's it's more of like his sh- his emergence it's more his like shift in the playoffs he like in the playoffs he became a little bit more balanced and a little bit more playing within himself versus what he does in the regular season is what i mean by that and i think that is what He's not. I would. I would be surprised if he plays like that in the regular season. I think he's going to play a little bit more loose, but he was more controlled, and so like that to me means like okay, we can rely on him in the postseason, which is awesome. But I'm still going to be super nervous, like when he comes back out and like is back to like the Dylan form that that. We would hate on on this pod for I would argue very good reasons. We're still going to be nervous as hell. Like, is he going to go back into playoff form, or is he going to stay true to this form? So that's going to be my cautionary tale. And I'm being negative, and I agree with you that his emergence was amazing. as As a Dylan, Dylan pessimist, yeah, so that's my like uh subtweet to the tweet. Yeah, he's going to he's a a wild
0: card in every sense of the word. I mean, you just don't you don't really know, but you know that it's in there now. Um he is I our team is is kind of freaky similar to Boston, which after this season, sound, probably some fans are not going to like to hear that. But the fact that we have this two-headed monster potentially. We know it in Jaw, Jaron. we're hoping. Plus this third wild card and, like, Marcus Smart to Dylan Brooks is, like, the perfect comparison we've said a few times. And it's just Marcus Smart, of course, is, like, a super frustrating player, and yet you want him on your side when it comes down to it. And so, I I don't know. The, de- the defense was the part of his game that I was most encouraged by, and, and obviously his balance and
1: offense. So.
2: Yeah, for sure. Agree, agree there. Yeah.
1: I think there's value, too, in, like, knowing that every game he's going to show up. Right. and play his tail off, and loves taking the challenge. Like there were a few times where Donovan Mitchell would just like kind of embarrass him with shot making, and yeah. Dylan just like didn't care. Not kinda, yeah. It was yeah. Next possession was just like right in his face again, and Mitchell was going to hit some other crazy step back, but Dylan was just like, "That's fine, I'm coming right back at you."
0: Yeah, so. and it's fun too because having him want want that. Really yeah. does take a lot of the pressure off of other guys. And I
1: just, I really hope, I ho- really hope for us, this Grizz, like next gen phase, that we have a team where Dylan doesn't have to be your secondary playmaker, creator, shot maker. I really hope that he can be a fourth option, fifth option on a team. I would love to see him in that role. But we're gonna have to get someone else on this roster for that to happen. Totally so. All right.
0: Dylan, Dylan's emergence in the playoffs. Congratulations for your Denny award, Dylan. Um all right. This isn't this is a loaded category. Most disappointing. We have four nominees. Justice Winslow. That's that's it. Just Justice Winslow. Uh Jaron's slow return. B.C.'s shooting, and then D'Anthony Milton in the playoffs. I mean, tough.
1: I, w- I would amend BC shooting to just B.C. BC. Yeah. Okay, Damn yeah, sure. no, no, we
0: can do that. Uh. T- totally. Let's say Fantastic. B.C.
1: So many amendments.
0: That's <laughs> to all right. To the Denny's. This is a living, breathing Second. document. <laughs> all right. I mean, I think there's probably a number one answer, too. For it's this so one. easy. Yeah.
1: Go ahead, Ty. It's justice. Yeah. It That's is. It. I mean, maybe maybe my expectations were too high. Um, and I legitimately expected him to be a starter second half of the season moving forward. And for him to be just what he was in Miami. Uh if y'all want to know what I expected. Less from than Justice, what he was in Miami. Yeah. Go watch game one. Of the 2019 2020 season, the Grizzlies played in Miami. Jaws' first game ever as a Grizzly. Go rewatch that game and tell me who's the best player on the court for that game.
2: I know what game you are talking about.
1: It's just can I play? Can I Hands have? A, can
2: I have a just a counter? And Absolutely. I don't know if this is on record Love or not. Counters. So y'all can like yell at me for being like this is hindsight bias, which is totally a fair argument. I was so skeptical of that trade because I was like, why would Miami give up? a guy like that unless they know something you were you're the most skeptical of all and i just like i'm not surprised honestly as much as i hate it like i wanted it to work out it's not i'm not that's not i I think bc is the most disappointing i think that he has he went from first team all rookie to not getting playoff minutes in a year yeah And now all of a sudden we're questioning whether we should play him over Xavier Tillman moving forward. I think that's exceptionally disappointing. And I think has a – you know, we didn't – both BC and Justice, we didn't give up a lot to get either of those guys technically. So, like, you know, low risk, potentially moderate to high reward. But based on what you saw out of BC in the first – like in the first season like you know there are a lot of people are like dude like he's he's a definite rotation player your 7th 8th guy at a minimum the rest of his career on your team and now you're like can he get minutes maybe in a playoff scenario and i think that that's a pretty like big shift and i think it's exceptionally disappointing and a huge 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 storyline for big minutes moving into next season?
1: I think kind of what you said, I think for me the expectation. So, like, we expected BC to be, like, your eighth man on a good team. Where Isaac's I expected Justice to be, like, a starter 30-plus minutes on a good team. So, I think role and expectation, Justice was just so much. Like, I didn't expect Brandon to be, like, this long-term, like, Key starter on our team forever, right? But I expected justice to be that. That's why it hurts more that justice was just a complete. But he, but no BC show. was
2: all rookie. His first team, his first, his rookie season. I so What did you expect out of him in his second season?
1: Basically, just to be what he was last year, and he like wasn't that. But like the ceiling to me, and his fit and role on our team was always going to be limited. Like, I don't think Brandon was ever going to be like a long term starter on this roster. And I expected Justice to be that, I guess, would be my thing. But I agree with you. Like, B.C.'s decline, like, it's not like he, like, stayed the same and it was a consolidation year. It was a legit, like, decline. Like, he got worse. He He played worse. worse. And maybe that will bounce back. I don't really know. And he was dealing with injury stuff, and he looked like he was kind of playing out of position sometimes. He was on the perimeter a ton. Uh, His Obviously, best like partner. His rookie year was playing with Jaron. He didn't. He wasn't able to do that this year because Jaron couldn't play because he was hurt. So maybe it was role and fit and all that kind of stuff. So that I think it's valid for sure. Yeah.
0: No i I, I think ultimately, um, the way the category is worded is most disappointing, and I think part of that surprise and disappointment have both to do with your expectations. And I think that the outsized expectations of Winslow is why I would maybe give it to him personally by a nose just because of the way that it was – he got hurt in the bubble. So we had to wait even longer for him to come back. And then he, we had to wait more than that in the And season. remember
1: about the bubble. People were like, this is the second coming of Jimmy Butler. Right. Everyone was like, this guy is like even more than what we expected he would be. Like in, in our bubble practices or whatever, everyone was just raving about him. Like yeah. how he looked so good. And he was the
0: one acquisition that this front office has made by trade so far. I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, no, and so we
1: took a swing. Like, like Brantley said, it wasn't like a, oh my gosh, we just like put our future in jeopardy right. on a Winslet trade. But we like, it was a decent, I mean it was a little bit of a gamble.
2: Can I, looking back, when y'all see that positive PR coming about about Justice, have we done that about other players? you can think of what do you mean like spun up positive PR like that well I think we talk ourselves into guys uh, not us I'm talking about the, the the organization the organizational PR that was coming out about justice
1: Did, have we done that to other players
2: have we done that for other players dude
1: I'll tell
2: you this like that
1: Dave David Fisdale basically said dude, he was I'm gonna talking use...
2: about in this new the new org the past two years
1: well no because it was the first, it was the first time that happened.
2: I know we've done it on the Fisdale old org org people. He said Chandler Parsons, we we're going
1: to use him like LeBron. Yeah, that's bold. That's
2: that's so. old stuff. I'm talking about the past two years, new front office, new management, new leadership. The we've talked about the Grizzlies being silent for a long time, and I'm having like I'm asking the question: the positive PR that these folks are putting out about justice. Have we done that about these about other players? I just can't remember. No, no, we haven't. But we also haven't been in this position to do that with other I, players.
0: Because the other part piece of this is, like, people, they're not – I don't think the organization is being questioned about questioned about players that we're watching. I think it's the ones that we can't see. Or Like, Jaron, for instance, was getting – they were getting pelted with questions about when Jaron's coming back. Like, every week. They'd be like, yeah, well, what's the timeline like for him?
1: Decisions making, like, Jaw, no-brainer, right? Everyone knew he was going second, whether we were picking or anyone else. Like, Jaw was the consensus number – number two overall pick bc everyone praised us for that even within the organization outside of the organization i think justice was the first decision that our front office made to your point that people were kind of like pushing back on right. some
2: people weren't like all in on it in our front and then, and then we were spinning up news all i'm saying is that yeah, it's just an interesting towards it hindsight insight now to hold about this front office and then say do how much do we trust about? Maybe what there's saying? some skepticism yeah. on positivity that we should think about as fans.
0: Oh, I think that's true of Taylor Jenkins press conferences every time too. He'll yeah. have the worst loss of all time, and he'll be like, "I think we learned
2: a lot from yeah, this game." Yeah, that's, like, that, that's yeah, that's that's Jenkins needing to have some emotional quotient that doesn't have. But like that, I think that there's some strategy to what they were doing. Personally, now seeing what's happened. Because I don't think that the cliff that he's fallen off of was unknown. That's my hypothesis. Yeah, that's my hypothesis. And
1: I think, again, we talk about this all the time, like small market Memphis. We're not going to be able to go out and get the just huge first priority A-list free agents. We're going to have to take some swings, and we're going to have to kind of make some move on the margins. And Justice was in theory a... And I'm not mad at the swing. Oh, me neither. But we're going to have to make those... Slight risk, decently high reward plays, and, like, we hope they work out. Like, that's the type of move the Grizzlies are going to have to make unless we just kill it in the draft for the next two or three years, right? Like, if we just nail every draft pick, and, like, our pick this year becomes, like, if we pick the next Kwai being, like, the 17th pick, I think he was the 15th pick in the draft. Like, unless we do stuff like that, we're going to have to kind of make some swings, and hope they work. And there's going to be times where they don't, but I think the benefit and the good thing about the justice thing is it didn't as we talked about earlier, it didn't completely jeopardize and like empty our treasure chest of assets. We basically got out of there like without any harm. It was a harm-free was it? yeah,
0: like well, the other part of it is that he as an ideal player like, who he represents. On paper, type in it is theory, perfect. Makes so much sense. Because he, another playmaker, yes, you'll have to surround him with shooting, but Jaron, in theory, is the shooter, and you have a, a two-guard also in at the same time who could potentially shoot like Desmond. But you need playmaking in, on this team because Ja right now is the only playmaker besides maybe Kyle. And so, in theory, he was great. So, I vote Justice Brantley's B.C. B.C. Ty. Tie break, Justice? Justice. Okay. okay, so Denny Award goes to Justice. You don't want this Ooh. from Justice, so congratulations. <laughs> Congrats. All right, Brantley, what's our next category?
2: All right, most improved. Our options are JV, Kyle, and Dylan. I think Kyle gets this award um, just because y'all are going to name all the like stats on his shooting percentages and stuff. But I'm just – y'all know me. I go off intuition and feeling. I just think he stepped up in terms of just like his – impact on Ja personally not just like our games but just him leading and influencing and guiding Ja on the court because uh, that's what we can see and there just were moments especially in the playoffs where I just felt like he had he could like sort of yell at Ja in the moment and get his ear and I just I just appreciated that from him on top of the stats that he was bringing. And just the like little teeny tiny defensive stuff. I just think the way that he impacted our games this entire season, but especially in like big games that mattered was just more than I would have ever expected. This
0: category is fascinating because I think you can make a similar argument for every one of these players. And I think it could go to any of the three Dylan. We've already talked about at length. JV to me is, is the other guy on this list that just deserves huge praise for what he has done this year, breaking the double-double record in season of Zach Randolph. He was uh, the hub of offense that we needed. Um, He was... I think that the season he had is a little bit diminished by the bad matchup in the playoffs against the Jazz that he had to suffer from. Agreed. And I think that Kyle to me, was his shooting is the obvious piece of his game that vastly improved, and that opened up a lot for the Grizzlies. And I agree to every single point you made on Kyle. I, I'm i kind of split right now. I think Dylan getting the other Denny award, to me, makes him a little bit more of like a a second place for this. And I kind of have a tie right now between JV and Kyle. I don't know what to do, Ty.
1: What do we do? It's Kyle. Mm-hmm. Slow-mo, easy. So, I'm going to, yeah, Brantley, here comes the stats. Um, Knew it. So, three-point attempts uh, this year, Kyle averaged 3.8. Let's just round up and say four. Three-point attempts per game. It's a good rounding error. Do you all know what his previous high was? How many attempts per game? Previous high attempts per game. 1.9. Yeah, I was thinking 1.8. 1.3. When, wow. What year was that? What do you think? He's been in the league since 2014-15. His last so San Antonio years. year? No, last year. Last year? Uh, when he played for the Spurs, he never averaged 1-3 a game. It was always less than 1-3 a game. Last year was 1.3 threes per game. He shot 28% from three. This year he shot 36% from three on four attempts. That's, let's call it league average, uh, which is an improvement. Um, he has never started this many games, um, started 69 games this year. Every game he played, he started. Um, That shows me Freaking love Kyle. A, he entered into a bigger role. He was asked to do more. He was asked to take on a different skill than what he's ever done before. And basically, kind of taken out of his comfort zone. And he succeeded. Um, I think JV basically knows who he is, which there's a ton of benefit to this. He knows who he is, and he knows what he does well, and he does those things. Knows where
2: to go, knows what he is. Exactly. He
1: rebounds, he bangs like crazy, and he's a good post-score. Knows what he is, knows what he does. Kyle is similar to that vein, but has also taken on a new responsibility and taken on a new skill. This is the first year he's ever really been forced to do so, and he succeeded in doing it. And I think kind of what you were saying earlier about Kyle's like playmaking was huge. Like he was another guy that if you kind of look back at our season, like he could have played more. I don't know how many minutes per game. Um, let me look it up really quick. He averaged 27 minutes a game. Um, his last year, his first year here, actually it was uh, 29, which is kind of crazy. Um, a lot of injuries that year, a lot of injuries that year. That's true. Um, Twenty he could have easily played thirty and it would have made a ton of sense. Um see, so yeah, I i vote I vote Kyle.
0: My Kyle is my favorite uh non mainstream grizzly for sure. Uh and He's has your indie grizzly. Yeah. But I, I just love I think he every single team in the league could have used a Kyle Anderson. And I love that we have him on our team. I hope that we uh extend him and Same. I think he could be a long term part of this roster. In any capacity, like, and I think he's a great vet presence as well. Um, not the loudest, that. but he's also just the guy, like you said. Like
1: he's going to, he can read a room very well. Um, and he apparently loves Memphis. Like he said multiple times, this is the most fun team he's ever been a part of. He said in his little exit interviews, if you want to look back at the transcripts, he's basically like, "We're building something special in Memphis." and like everyone wants to be a part of this every player on this roster wants to stay on this roster because we know we're building something special we all want to be a part of it including me basically saying like i want to be in memphis for the long haul like i love it here i love this team i love everything that we're doing and i want to be a part of it and i think you got to take value in that too and i know john hollinger who big time writer now very famous guy nba guy worked on our staff for several years in our kind of general manager, not GM role, but he was in that type of world, basically said it was really hard to get people here. But once we got them here, they loved it and they wanted to stay. And I think Kyle is a great example of that. And I think the players on the team love him too. So I think he adds value off the floor. And Brantley's talked about this a lot with Jay Crowder last year. I think there's that's important for a young team like this. And you want Ja to grow into that leadership role. And it's like you're seeing it. Like, Ja was our leader this year, hands down.
2: But I still think it's important for have guys it's around like It's what separated Kyle. us from some of the other teams that could have been in the eighth spot that are around our age. And I think it matters.
1: The are a great example. Zero Kings. leadership from anyone on their roster or coaching staff. Just zero leadership, period. Yeah. So. Um.
0: Yeah, that Drew Holiday trade that they made might end up being uh, tough,
1: not
2: good,
0: tough for them. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, let's see. Tie next category.
1: Before I get to the next category, do y'all think like do y'all think Zion's gonna play the three for us or the four? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year, the Denny goes to. Slash nominations. Oh are. wait,
0: sorry, I, I forgot to say Kyle gets the Denny for most improved. Yeah. That was that was officially it's set in stone now. Go tie. Okay, sorry.
1: so defensive player of the year, we have Kyle, Melton, or Dylan. Mm. Um, I guess I'll lead off and say it's Dylan <laughs> because he took the toughest opponent, toughest matchup every night. Look at Brad Beal's box scores against us every time we played them this year. I'm pretty sure he had career lows both nights he played us um, this season. A guy who averaged over 30 points a night for the year. Um, And Dylan was the primary defender. Um, Look at what he did against Steph in the play-in game. Made him work like crazy. Steph is one of the greatest offensive players to ever live. Dylan, just by making it hard, was a success. To throw out Kyle, um, really smart off ball and on ball, great hands. He had some great strips like mid court, which was super fun. I think Melton's maybe a better defender in theory than he is actually like like in person, like really. I think in theory he makes a ton of sense as a good defender, but I don't know how actually like great of a defender he is. I'm sure he's good. I think he's good, but I don't think he's like great. Um, but I'd go with Dylan just because of the matchup. Y'all want to know a fun stat? Uh-huh. Love stats that are fun. So the
0: Grizzlies obviously led the league. We we went over this in our last big podcast. The Grizzlies led the league in steals. Do you know what the three nominees, on average, like steal-wise, uh, had on this
1: team? Per game? Per game. I'm going to say Kyle was like 1.7. Okay, I know. <laughs> That's too high. It was more so that they all... <laughs> Three.
0: There was a three-way tie. One? Three-way tie for uh, first place on our team. One? All at one point two. Kyle, Dylan, D'Anthony. Love it. Isn't that fun? So these it's are
1: the funnest part we, of. My I didn't day even look so at far. that
0: before we put together these nominees, and we got the three nominees that were tied for steals. But yeah, I agree with you, Um Dylan. To me, just by virtue of the fact that I think Melton and Kyle are like low-key great defenders. They're defenders that you have to like watch to really appreciate, and Dylan, to me, is one that is starting to actually get the notoriety outside of just core Grizzlies fans. And so...
2: Yeah, could you imagine if he starts getting a little bit of the benefit of the doubt next year?
0: Oh, it would benefit him and Jaron more than anyone in the league, literally more than anyone. Jaron
2: hadn't earned it yet. I think Dylan's earned it. Yeah,
1: I hope. I hope he gets the the Tony treatment where he just like reaches and arm bars everybody.
2: Listen, have you seen PJ Tucker guard KD yes. in this
0: series? I hope Dylan gets that treatment. Gosh,
1: maybe when he's like thirty five.
2: That's Dylan. That's not a question. Give him two trophies.
1: He is currently the leader in the clubhouse for Denny's. The Denny
0: for DPOY goes to Dylan Brooks. Congratulations, Dilly Dilly. All right, MVP of the season. We only had two nominees, and that was John Morant and Jonas Valanciunas for this
1: season. I thought it was going to be like one of us three.
0: <laughs> it would be well-deserved. Last year, the front office was also in this conversation. Um, mm-hmm. This year, they didn't have as hard of a job as they did last year. Um, I
1: can't wait to hear what you say. I can't wait. Just say it. MVP of the Who season is, is John Morant. Okay, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. Because... Tubbs?
2: What? Yeah, you agree? Not a question. He is...
0: Okay. I think he... Um, it, It's interesting because when you... We take into account the playoffs here and the Denny Awards. The regular MVP for the NBA does not. And I think if you were to look at raw stats, you could talk yourself into a Jonas Valanciunas MVP. And I don't think you'd be I don't think you'd be crazy for saying that. However, there is Jonas Valentinus does not have the success he has without Ja Morant. And I think that's where you have to find the delineation between at least the two of these nominees. Ja Morant is the heartbeat of this team. He everything starts and ends with Ja. Yes, he was out for a little bit of time. We had a, not a bad run. There while he was out, but I think that was not sustainable. I think that was a very short time boost, short term boost that is. And uh, John Morant is deserves MVP this season. And I don't, I don't know. I, I think it should be unanimous. Yep, nothing to
1: add. Yeah,
2: uh, no comment.
0: John Morant, two time Denny Award winner for MVP. Congratulations, Demetrius.
2: <laughs> All right, Brantley. We have two more left. Biggest gut punch game slash moment: the Lucas shot, Jaw going down versus the Nets. Orlando Magic loss. Detroit game three versus Utah. This is a this is not a fun category. <sighs> Man, I am going to say. I really think we could have beaten Utah. I'm gonna go game three game three versus Utah. Whoo! You think? I just don't think they're that good. I know they're good. I know they're good. Look, but uh, I, they're good. But they lost so they good. lost to a non Kawhi Clippers team That's last true. night. That's true. But they didn't have Conley. Nope, nope. Here's their nope. best
0: player. <laughs> Not nope. really, but
2: I just and half of Donovan Mitchell. I love Conley. I, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm a confident human. And I love my people. And I just think that if we had beaten them game three, then we would have had a shot to take that series. I, and so that was just an emotional, terrible, yeah. bad feeling loss. It was And brutal. it just, I think it, I think the team knew that after that, that it was going to be really, really tough to to take the series. And it sort of, you know, that's where a young team's mentality sort of faded a little bit. You really see it in game four. Utah smell blood. They're more mature and stepped up and took that from us. Um, so I sort of felt the end of our season in that game, even though we still had two games left. What do you think, Tyus?
1: Man, that's a good one. Uh, It was between the Luka shot and, the, and that Utah loss in game three. Um, I mean, the stakes were so high in the Utah loss, right? Like the – the Dallas game was tough, but we had, like, I think we had won two in a row before that and then won, like, a few right after that. That was, like, a blip in the kind of the little few weeks there where we were playing well. So, yeah, I think I'm going to say the, the Utah loss in game three, just because it felt like we could have won the game and we could have been up 2-1 in a playoff series against the number one seed, the best team, best record in the entire NBA. Um, do you have the Do you have the score pulled up for that? Well, for the score, uh, game three of the Utah game. Yeah. What was the
0: final. We lost by 10, 111 okay. to one twenty one. They went on a nine Oh run to, to end the game. Okay. Yeah. It, um, it was, it was,
2: close. it was a very close game
0: until the last three
2: minutes. It yeah. was, it
1: was neck and neck. Yeah. And we couldn't hit a shot. Um, yeah, I just think, yeah, I think that was it for me.
0: Uh, y'all are gonna outvote me. I, I would say biggest gut punch was the Lucas shot, but I will say this like at that point in the season, we were in the standings situation. we were we were going to tie or overtake Dallas, I think for the sixth seed at that point in time. And while it does, there is a charm to the season due to the context by which we made the playoffs, and I think that's important, is that we had to gut out the games at the end, and I think that built a level of toughness as an organization for us. It would have been nice not to have to go through all that to just basically be exhausted by the time the Utah series came around, and I just remember watching that game and just not believing my eyes and just thinking about the opportunities that were lost Um, granted, like y'all, you guys were saying there was a lot of, there were probably 15 games left in the season at that point. So a lot could have still gone wrong. And at that point it was only one game, but I'll give that one just a courtesy vote just because I think by the time we were in the playoffs against Utah, we were playing with house money. Um, and so, uh, I don't know. So yeah, we'll give the Denny to the game three. First Utah loss, but I wanted to get, and also just give the, the, the jaw injury, the third game of the season was also pretty depressing at the time because number one, he got wheeled off in a wheelchair and we had no idea whether he had broken his ankle and was just going to be out forever. Was that
1: the third game of the year? Yeah. God, that's
0: crazy. And, um, that was a very depressing moment. Everybody had to step up to kind of salvage that. Uh, so, anyway, those three. And then the other two just sucked as far as losses, but they were more just regular season, whatever. Uh, all right, so the Denny goes to the game three versus Utah loss. Man, I love giving that to a playoff game. I just love that we were in the playoffs. It's Silver amazing. Silver lining, man. Yeah. Silver lining. All right, last category, Ty. Last out.
1: one. Favorite game slash moment of the year. I'm going to go reverse order as they're listed because I think they get... Better as you go along. Back-to-back wins versus Portland in late April. Uh, The jaw game winner against the Heat where he did the lefty scoop layup over Jimmy Butler, drove the length of the court. Utah game one, which is, like, shocking still. Or the Golden State play-in game. Mm. To me, it's the Golden State play-in game by far. That game was nuts. And to watch Jaw play them a week before and struggle mightily to come back the next week when everything was on the line, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, the Warriors, just going to Golden State, to San Francisco. One game, winner goes, Jaw played the best game of his career, in my opinion, when everything was on the line, I just thought that was just...
0: 50% from three.
1: It showed you who Ja was and who he's going to be moving forward. And to me, it was just one of the greatest... Yeah, that's one of the greater games like I can remember in Grizz fandom, period. Not, you know, much less this year. Like, you look at the grit and grind days, we've had some fun ones. The triple overtime loss, even though it was a loss to OKC, was super fun. 2011 game stage against the spurs was super fun beating the clippers when we went down oh two sweeping them then 4-0 was super fun but this game was like it showed you a guy who is a franchise cornerstone coming to his own on the biggest stage possible
2: i don't have much else to add i agree it's the one that just was also exceptionally emotional and I lost my voice for about three weeks during that game. So it just seeing also just like what could happen if Ja can hit outside shots, like behind the arc, obviously just gives you this vision potentially for what he really could become. If that comes a little bit more consistent and that's a, that we haven't really had many games of him putting it together like that. Obviously I'm not talking about just like putting up, you know, 40 plus points but just like him really putting his the only other game that comes to mind where he put his outside shot together like that was against harden and the rockets last year yeah where he was like you know put this mf or you know um, yeah. you know all that kind of stuff tell where, that mf about me yeah like that's the only other game that i can really think about it that way and like those are some those are two of the best moments and it's like man could you imagine if he puts he puts that together and like, the confidence that he keeps talking about, it. he's like, yeah, I, I believe in myself. I'm going to put that together. I'm going to do it. What we got, I mean, that's freaking awesome. So, full, yeah.
0: Golden State, full strength, like Ty said, was a big part of it. Everything on the line. Utah game one was amazing. But it was not an elimination, and Donovan Mitchell wasn't playing. I mean, it was still incredible. Like, it should still be in the running here. But the Golden State game, I think – what it also represented going forward because last year we were in a very similar position where we had a play-in scenario to get into the playoffs and we lost. Yeah, that's a great point. And this year, that was the next step. We took, and the we next took step. it, And we took it. And against a team, uh, literally, I mean, I didn't hear one person that took the Grizzlies in that game. One person that I listened to. And we listened collectively to a lot of NBA content I didn't Stop hear. K,
2: one. I think K Perk wanted us. Kendrick Perkins.
0: Yeah. Shout out K Perk. Yeah, yeah. Um besides besides Perk, uh I didn't hear anything and that wasn't just an unbelievable game.
2: And there was that one female journalist, but we don't listen to her. Oh yeah, because Jaw gave her a shout out. Yeah, I, remember. I can't remember her name. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know if she has a pod, but uh listen to her pod. We should start listening to
0: her clearly. We should. Um all right, so the Denny, the final Denny of the year goes to Uh, The Golden State play-in win for the Grizzlies. Favorite game slash moment. Guys, let's review the Denny Awards, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, Best deal slash pick, Desmond Bain. Worst deal slash pick, waving Gorgie Jang. That kind of rhymed. Most (laughs) surprising, Dylan's emergence in the playoffs. Most disappointing, Justice Winslow. Most improved, Kyle Anderson. Defensive player of the year, Dylan Brooks. MVP John Morant, biggest gut punch, game three versus Utah, favorite game slash moment. Golden State play and win. Guys, 2020, 2021 was an incredible season. It's one that we will not soon forget. I think that this is the beginning of something very special. Um, I am very thankful that this season happened despite some Grizzlies COVID scare there at the at the in the middle of the season, despite the condensed schedule, they made it happen, and we somehow got two home playoff games out of it. I think it was more than we could have imagined from this game. And uh, also, to finish out this podcast, uh, Brantley did the pinnacle sign-up deal and received a an entire package full of every single Grizzlies bobblehead that they're they're going to be giving out next next season. We ha- we're we're staring at these bobbleheads and they're just beautiful.
2: They are beautiful. To witness. Um, you know, shout out pinnacle, you know, appreciate you guys. A few we,
1: arms missing. We got a few that. limbs
2: that are not intact. We'll, we'll be talking about that later. <laughs> uh, Shipping this app. uh but I, maybe quick shout out favorite bobblehead round Robin. There it's are hot. some great ones. If you had to pick one, what, what is yours?
1: Mine's the Tony where he points to the opposite end of the floor <laughs> after a turnover because I could just visually see him doing that, so I think that's mine. Whew. Uh,
0: I really love the jaw. I just think the joggles is just a classic. The it, joggles, it's so exciting. good.
1: Um, if it, if only like I mean, people should have put that on a t-shirt, you know, to like really man mem- like commemorate the Joggles movement. They should have. If only someone would have put that on a tee. That would have been a good idea. That said Joggles on it. It just would (laughs) have been brilliant. Brantley, which one are you taking to the office?
2: (sighs) You don't have to decide now. I I mean... But... Hubie Brown. (laughs) 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 You know, just classic. He turned this franchise around. He turned it around... I don't know. There's something also like for me, like I love all of these, but like uh, 33 was my number in in college. I mean, in high school, excuse me. So like Gasol and Miller both like repping the 33 and like the same jersey is pretty fun.
0: Yeah. The low key, uh, a, a great part of these bobbleheads is the different jerseys they're all in uh-huh. from all the different eras.
2: Yeah, the Zeebo though, just like just just putting that basketball under his chin with the headband on ooh mm. that that just where i come from bullies get bullied i think i think that that just kind of like blue collar mentality i thought that, that would help me get my day started at work so that's probably the one i'd have to
0: i take. love it i love it all right well you got to attend some games next season if you want the same collection of bobbleheads we're going to we're going to have these in studio once we have our own studio uh, and guys, we appreciate you, uh, listening to us for this past season. We have some great content coming up this summer. We have opinions on what the Grizzlies should do. So we have lots of opinions. We pretty much text about it every day. So we're going to bring those texts to Todd audio. I may
2: or may not have sent like 15 trade proposals already. The we're least. having to, we're having to moderate it.
1: We'll, we'll give a little tease. I'm so prepared for trade free agent season
0: there are there are pretty much two options for the grizzlies one is go for it take a big swing and one is take stand pat maybe make a, a consolidation move here or there we're gonna let you know what we think they should do because there's some intriguing swings out there that's all i'm gonna say intriguing swings well uh for ty <laughs> For Brantley, I'm Will. Thanks for joining us for the second annual, annual Denny Awards. We will be back with you very soon.